we're live with the episode of Paranormal Dash Spirits. So, I'm Michael Black, or Mike Black, my wife Alyssa Black, my best friend John Burkett, and this is the place where we come to get our booze on and talk about booze, B-O-O-S, and do it with our favorite booze. So, let's start off with our B-O-O-Z-E. And what do we have tonight? This. Take it away, John. Is a big heavy bottle of Centenario Plata. Centen- this is tequila. An unaged, regular old, straight out still tequila. And this is a rather large, cool Art Deco looking bottle. That looks like <clears> it's <throat> like a building from the... It does. It does. There's this cool angel on there. It's the size of a building from the 1930s. <laughs> it what looks like size a, is that? it's as big as the Chrysler building here. <clears throat> what is that? A 1.75? 175, yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to go with gallon, but I knew that it would be metric since it was. It'll be going into Mexico. a smaller bottle when it oh, gets okay. home. You get a funnel in there? Yeah. What's the price point on this? A regular size bottle is 26 bucks. Okay. This was, I think, fifty three. Regular being uh, a seven fifty. Seven fifty, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I'm gonna John, take it off John's here because gonna, it is really big. John's gonna have to Hulk out to pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. And I assume this is one that you have out breathing for us. It's been breathing for a while, yeah. Okay. So we're ready to go. All right, so one tequila, two ke- tequila, three tequila, more floor. floor. <laughs> 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 Smells like tequila. Okay, so I get I get the agave. And I get, I get a little ethanol yeah. with that. I mean, I, yeah. I can smell the alcohol in it. Well, it's not aged at all. There's no flavorings added to that. So it's, mm-hmm. you're going to get some ethanol. It's roasted agave, but. I just want to try it. I see decent legs. <laughs> Do what? You just want to try it. I want to try it. <laughs> it smells right. pretty good, though. It does. The. But like I say, there's a little bit of that ethanol to it. Like, okay, it's on good. the tongue. What do we say? Cilantro. 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 I like. Yeah, it's a little. Tastes like ethanol. Harsh. Not ethanol. Tastes like agave and spiders and scorpions. I feel like I have a <clears throat> cut in my mouth because something <laughs> stung. <laughs> like an unknown so, cut. <laughs> so, <clears throat> if you really did have a cut in your mouth, you would know it from that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I so, saw my lip. I'm pretty sure. So, we've had more than one tequila on here, and we have tried lots of different tequilas. This is, I will be honest. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's warming me up, though. You, you know where I'm going with this. This is not my favorite tequila. I'm not a huge fan of Plata's as a rule. Now, last week we had Don Julio Blanco. That was a very good Really product. good, but That's it also cost twice as much. Twice as, as much, right. Now, this is good enough that I could see no problem throwing this in a mixer, in a um, like a margarita or a vampirito, something like that. Tequila Sunrise for, you know. Mm. As a sipper, I would not. That's more of a shooter, but it's a good shooter. <laughs> it is a good shooter. It beats As the, I sip it. It beats the hell out of Jose Cuervo. I will say oh, that. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. does, I feel. Well, that's true. Except Maybe not Montezuma I was gonna say Montezuma. Two Fingers. Or... <laughs> yeah. So yeah, two one fingers. Of those. That was the jam when I was in college because we could afford it. I know, and that's the only reason. It's <laughs> a cool the bottle, jam. isn't it? Like black. Yeah. No, I just saw it tonight. It looks plastic, actually. Cool. It comes in a plastic. Awesome. Bottle. Probably has a screw top. Actually, I think it does. It does. I think it has a screw top. Hey, a screw top does not necessarily mean that something's bad at all. The, truth. Screw. I've had some good wines that are screw tops. And a cork sure doesn't mean that something's good. That has a cork. That's true. This has a cork. <laughs> that does have a cork. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> so cork does not mean good. So John, you're down with that as a shooter. Yeah. Or a mixer. He doesn't do cocktails. Yeah, I don't really mix. Yeah. No mixing. The, when, whenever <laughs> you make those cocktails, margaritas, vampirated, you add a bunch of sugary things to it. Right. And that. Well, you, that's just a bad day for me the next morning. I don't. And well, I don't. I don't get blitzed on cocktails typically. Yeah, ooh, that's a bad idea. Yeah, and it's. Uh, <clears throat> and if I do, it's typically like a, like a a martini. Then it's basically just pure vodka anyway. But you know, except for some uh, olives in there. But the I could see that in a mixer. But then again, I wouldn't drink a bunch of it if I did. So I'm not going to get killed by the sugar. And so I could see it as a mixer, but not as a sipper. And if you were, if you just wanted to shoot tequila, that wouldn't be a bad one to do. I mean, and certainly we always drink them neat. We don't drink, you know, the salt and lime. But I mean, that wouldn't really require salt and lime. For no, this one. it's not. No, no it's, it's not. got some smoothness to it to me. That's it, not super harsh. It is. As it, I keep drinking it like this. Right. The for me, it's got that. On the back of my tongue, on the sides, whatever that spot That's is. That's that scorpion's but, tail going back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's going <laughs> zapping me in my tongue. Actually, there's not a lot of harshness to it. It's just no. I'm not a fan of the flavor for this one. But there's hey, my, you know. Can't win them all. I mean. <laughs> no. I like it. <laughs> Cilantro. It gets the job done. <laughs> and it tastes, to me, it tastes good. I like a little spicier. Yes, it is spicy. <clears throat> As in scorpion sting, spicy. I, I really, I truly, I don't get a lot of stings out of it. I think it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it is really, really it is. You're used to a lot of the, you know, these reposados and these fancy añejos. And, mm-hmm. and, I am, that's fair. That's <clears> and a, some things that have a lot of, that have some artificial flavorings probably added in there. Yeah, but. it's a fair assessment. I'm, I'm not, um, I like my reposado, I love my añejos, so. Yeah, fair assessment. <laughs> so we'll, we've talked about the the BWOZE tonight with our, what was that again? Centenario? Centenario. Centenario. 
Okay. Centenario. I'd, I'd put the bottle up here, but it's just it, it, massive. It takes over the whole show. It really <laughs> it does. does. <laughs> that is a big, big bottle. All right. So what are you bringing us tonight, John? Tonight, I thought we would talk about a place called Portlock, Alaska. So we're talking about Bigfoots. Probably. Bigfoot or feet. Is it big feet or Bigfoots? I say, I use the same word for the plural. So Bigfoot? <clears throat> like, Bigfoot. Like deer? Like deer. Okay. Right. Nobody says deers. Moose. No. Well, I don't. Moose. Moose. Yeah. Mooses. Which is another or thing moose. that you might find in Portlock, Alaska is a moose. Moose. Right. So... <laughs> The um, and for those of you that don't know, John is uh, our uh, resident Bigfoot expert. I don't know about uh, expert <laughs> enthusiast. Well, you're, you're our enthusiast. resident there expert you because you know more about Bigfoot than than Alyssa and I do. Uh, and I've put never seen one. I know that's so sad. I it want is to sad. see one. I really do. I really, I want really, really want to see one. I, I might regret that once. <laughs> you very well may. As some of these people in Portlock, Alaska. Did not live to regret it. Okay, so tell tell us about Portlock, Alaska. So Portlock is an abandoned ghost town. It is, sits in Port Chatham Bay, which is on the Kenai Peninsula. It's on the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula in southern Alaska. Okay, I was going to ask, where is Kenai? <clears throat> the Kenai is in southwest Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where Homer, Alaska, is probably the only actual city there. Um Portlock is named after uh, British Navy Captain Nathaniel Portlock, who landed there in 1787. He didn't stick around, but the name stuck. Um, the Aluit, Aleut, I don't know if I'm saying this right, forgive me. If I, I, think, some, I think it's Aleut. Some of these native names. Aleut. Aleut. Oh, Aleutian. Mm-hmm. Aleutian yeah, Islands. Aleut. Okay. They inhabited the area for centuries, off and on. Um, it's known for its abundant salmon runs. And uh, also there's a lot of mineral resources, gold, chromium, copper. Um, A cannery was established there around 1900 to take advantage of the fisheries there. Uh, Also, there were mining operations. There was a chromium mine, and uh, a U.S. post office was established in 1921. So it officially became a town in 1921 or a city, I guess, a town. It was a town before, but the U.S. post office didn't open until 21. Okay. Um, The strange stuff started happening in 1905. Uh, That year, there is a record that all the native workers of the cannery left early that season because of something in the woods that was bothering the camp. You're throwing up air quotes when you say bothering. I am throwing up air quotes. (laughs) What is is bothering? Uh, There's there's not a lot of detail to this report. It's over 100 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. But something made them leave early. They all left. Nobody stuck around in the offseason, but they did come back. Okay. Uh, but the weird stuff happening continued. Uh, in the 1920s, a man by, uh, we don't have a specific date. It just, records are sketchy in Alaska 100 years ago. Right. Uh, in the 1920s, a man by the name of Albert Petka supposedly scared off a hairy creature doing air quotes again, with his dogs, but not before receiving a fatal blow to the chest from the creature. He lived long enough to explain to everyone what happened, but then shortly thereafter, he died from his wounds. 
Uh, around the same time, there were reports of prospectors, gold prospectors, and hunters going missing. It became so frequent that it became commonplace. Sometimes bodies were allegedly found in creeks as if with limbs torn apart, shredded like chicken tinga, which is not something a bear can do. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1931, a logger named Andrew Kamluk, that's K-A-M-L-U, Kamluk, see how I don't know how to pronounce these words, was working when someone or something hit him over the head with a huge piece of logging equipment. Doesn't None of the reports specify what it was, but apparently it's something too big for a man to lift by himself. Um, also not a lot of details on that report, but... Uh, <clears throat> in the 1930s, a group of men who were hunting a moose reported seeing large tracks of something bipedal that was also stalking the same moose that they were stalking. Then they came upon a scene, of basically a bloody battle with torn branches, blood and hair everywhere, and supposedly 18-inch footprints leading away from the site of the battle up into the foggy mountains. No more moose, though. Something carried the moose away. Uh, there was a man named Tom Larson who went to chop wood for fish traps. I have no idea how that works or what fish traps look like. <laughs> but uh, he saw something large and hairy on the beach, so he ran back to his house to get a rifle. He came back. He saw it. It was a bipedal creature standing up and staring at him. They had a, staring, a brief staring contest, and then he retreated, but he never explained to anyone why he didn't fire on it. Um, other villagers spoke of a woman in a long black dress with a pale face who would appear from the cliff sides. She'd moan and scream and then disappear back into the cliffs. Not Bigfoot related, <laughs> but... About to say. Other weird paranormal stuff going on there, big, too. Is it, did the Bigfoot wear a dress? Did the Bigfoot's Bigfoot not wearing a dress. Or did he take her away? Is that what we're trying to say? So eventually you would, they would recover bodies that have washed down into the lagoon at the bottom of the creek. They had strange wounds that bears couldn't make. Uh, the loss of lives eventually took a toll on the community. And uh, fear set in. People started to leave. With all these unexplained uh, disappearances and murders, no one felt like they could take a chance to live there anymore. Uh, everyone took off en masse in 1949. That's when they'd had enough. They abandoned their houses, the chromium mine, the cannery, the school, the church, and they all left to uh, nearby Port Graham in Nanwalock. Hope I'm saying that right. Lots of locks. Lots of locks. Only the postmaster remained. <laughs> he stuck around for another year by himself, and after a year alone, he'd had enough, and he closed the post office in 1950, and that was the end of Port Lock, Alaska. Um, over the years, people have gone back. Um, in 1968, a goat hunter reported being chased by a creature while hunting in the area. In 1973, three hunters took shelter in Portlock during a storm and reported that every night, something walking on two legs just walked in circles around their tent all night. Uh, in 1990, a paramedic in Anchorage was called to treat a 70-year-old uh, native man and former Portlock resident 
who had suffered a heart attack. And while treating him, they got to talking about you know, hunting in the area. And he said that he'd recently been hunting in Port, the Port Chatham area. The man jumps up, <laughs> grabs him by the shirt. It says, did you see it? Did it bother you? <laughs> okay. So do we assume that he, that the, that the old the guy old had guy seen saw it? Him? Huh? Do we assume that the old guy saw him and that's why he was asking? Yeah. That would be the assumption. Everyone who had lived there knew about Nantinok. Is what Na- the, Nantinok is what the Nantinok. natives, what the uh, Aleut people called it. Gotcha. It means half man, half beast. It's very literal. Did you say a goat hunter? Yeah, there's uh, goats, like doll sheep, mountain goats. Okay. Stuff like that. I'm thinking that I saw farm goats. No, 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 no. This is goats with the big curly horns. <laughs> then so. I started thinking the longer we talked about it, that yeah, you probably yeah. meant a mountain goat. Yeah, it's mountain goats. It's a beautiful place. But something's not right in those woods. No. So in 2018... A man named Stephen Major and his group Extreme Expeditions Northwest. Uh, they were the first Bigfoot research team to spend some time there. And uh, they spent a few days on the ground. Days. Because they spent nights on the ship in the bay. They wouldn't spend the night there. Oh. They'd have Zodiac bring them in in the morning. They'd spend. Uh, they'd wait till the sun started to go down. Have the Zodiac take them back to the ship. But they wouldn't stay overnight. They caught some interesting stuff. You know, they, they had a lot of... Uh, Fleer hits mm-hmm. of thing, you know, a lot of tree peeking. People would see tree, you know, something that catch a glimpse of something peeking around trees, uh, footprints, wood knocks, the usual Bigfoot type activity. Right. Um, it's pretty interesting. They they made a documentary film out of it. You can watch it for free on YouTube. It's called uh, "In Search of the Port Chatham Harry Man," and it, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that brings us to 2022. When the History Channel <laughs> releases a uh, a new reality series with the very salacious title of Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. Da, da, da. Yeah. So the premise is there are some uh, a few guys who are descendants of people from Portlock. Their families used to live there, and they want to uh, see if they can reclaim the area, go back, reopen the fisheries. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow they got History Channel to... uh, Fund it? Fund it, yeah. And produce it and film it with a film crew. Um, It's interesting. It's fun. It's entertaining. But it's really hard to take serious. There's a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I, know you're looking. I, know where, I know where you're going with this. <clears throat> it has a. Uh, Does this remind you of one of those ghost hunting shows, maybe on the it travel has channel? A, a bagansy feel to it. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> He's an adjective now. Yeah, it's bagansy. Bagansian. <laughs> In its nature, lots of dun 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 music, a lot of heavy editing, a lot of what was that? What was that? What was that? Right. Very it, staged, it, almost. It doesn't have Aaron going, bro, bro, but yeah, it's very yeah. <laughs> somewhat scripted. Yeah. It's the first night they're there, uh, they have a problem with their tent. There's sort of a pin that's some sort of linchpin in the tent that they're putting up, so they can't mm-hmm. put up their tent, and it's snowing, and there's more snow coming in. 
Okay, wait a second. Um, <clears throat> I just, just want to say, I, I've been in the woods a few times, and you, you always forget something, right? True. Okay. Oh no, I'm not saying that that wasn't that that was staged. I mean, that's totally no. I, and, no, I'm not saying that that was either. What I'm saying is, if it's a linchpin, is all that's keeping me from getting in my tent. I take some 550 cord and I run it through there. I tie a knot in it. Yeah, I nobody a, seemed to think of that. I take a stick and I run it through there to hold it in place. They did fix the tent the next day. Oh, okay. But but they did their bear guard. Who a what? A bear guard. What is a bear guard? Someone to stick, the armed person who a stands person. watch for bears. The, okay. So or the Bigfoot. Arm. Okay, so you've got an armed person. One armed person. Not, not that he, only, he has, only has one like he arm. Played in the, <laughs> so he played in The Fugitive. No, no, no. no oh, okay. <laughs> for some reason, when Discovery Channel or History, whatever, goes out there, there's only one person with guns. Oh, so there's a singular guard. A singular guard. Okay. With one gun. No, he has two. He has he oh. has he has some sort of it's a Ruger American bolt action. I'm not sure what caliber, and he's carrying a Colt Delta Elite 10 millimeter, but. He's the only guy with guns. So these are guys that are, and I'm, I'm totally walking all over your story now. No, that's fine. No, no. Because I'm thinking I've been to the woods before, and even in East Texas if or Arkansas or Oklahoma, and I'm in the woods, and I'm going to camp. I'm going to stay out there for a while. I'm going to have some kind of firearm with me, and whether I've got a bunch of buddies or not. And if it's a bunch of buddies of mine, we're probably all going to have fire. We're all going to have. But it's, it's interesting that the 2018 expedition that the mm-hmm. in search of most everyone in that group was armed. But in this one, the one armed guy with the single bolt action, <laughs> and that would be hard. That would be difficult if you had one arm to work a bolt. It action. would be quite difficult. <laughs> but one armed, one singular, a bear guard. When you said bear guard, I swear to God, I, what I, I was picturing in my mind are these. These some kind of spike contraption that you set up around. The <laughs> that would be a really good idea, though, to keep the, <clears throat> the bear away, or at least something to let you know something's coming to camp. Right, you know. Yeah, but so some sort of trip wire or something. Something. That, when like, he said bear guard, signals. I swear to God, I thought. Well, you you have yeah. laser things. When something yeah. breaks the beam, it'll it alerts. Absolutely, I've seen plenty of people use that. A string a string with some tin cans tied to it'll work. You know. Yeah, but. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, anyway, so he goes. And he, there there are a couple of buildings that are still standing, even 70 years later. Oh, wow. There's one cabin that's still standing, and so they put some tarps up around that cabin, and that's where they spend their first night. And uh, they're awakened in the night by the sound of footsteps in the snow. Mm-hmm. And some banging on the walls, and they're all freaking out. Uh, but... <laughs> Bear in mind, though, there is an entire History Channel production crew there, multiple cameramen, a producer. But these are the only guys inside the cabin. Well, of course. Where where, where are the History Channel people? Well, they're not afraid of the Portlock Harry men, I guess. I guess not, because there's a camera guy in the woods filming through the woods to the cabin. <laughs> So if something was messing with the cabin, why didn't he catch it on his camera, and why didn't it eat him? Right, because he's alone out there in the woods. Well, you know, he's probably not alone. He's it's the cameraman. He's got a sound man, and then you have the the gaffer, whatever the gaffer is, because you always see that in the movies. You know, you got the gaffer, right? So I have no idea what a gaffer is. I don't know what a gaffer is. I, I know they have tape. 
Gaffin, oh, Gaffin, Gaffin, Gaffin tape, tape. Yeah, yeah so. which is duct tape. But oh, okay. So maybe I've heard marks. Zach Baggins mention how the the camera got ripped off the wall, even though it was held up with gaffing tape. Ah, duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> well, by God, if he said it, then it must be so. I there's a lot of. Uh, so you know what it was? It was a reduction crew to go. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> How do we know let's, that it wasn't go, the let's production go screw crew? With them. Let's go screw with them. We'll right. walk around and we'll stomp in the snow. And so we'll... nothing was caught at all. Um, well, on the ca- on camera, I mean, from this cameraman. No, not not in that incident. No. Okay. There were they you had a thermal drone. Okay. And there is thermal footage of something bipedal. So it's either a large beast or a large production assistant walking through the woods at a fast clip towards him and then disappearing. Is he walking ape-like? Like, you know, they show It's up? taking long strides, whatever it is. <clears throat> okay. So take for what you will. I, I would, I, I'd give it about 50% of the stuff they caught being real. A lot of it could have been done in post. And uh, there's a lot of stuff with the, the village elders which I assume is actually just the Discovery Channel producers. Because <laughs> if the village is really struggling, how do they afford to keep sending helicopters and seaplanes out here constantly to bring new people to assist in the investigation? They send, so they're bringing more people well, out. Oh, they bring a the psychic. The psychic uh, says, tells them, you know, and they're all, they look skeptical. Like the bear guard guy showed up there not believing in any of it. Mm-hmm. And you could tell half the time he's looking at, WTF, right? Yeah. But uh, the psychic tells him that she gets nauseous and ill around negative entities. I know somebody else that does that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but we're not hunting for paranormal well, things. We're hunting for Bigfoot. Allegedly, so, so you have to look at the, the Alouette people. They, they're, they're very religious and in kind of two religious worlds, they are they are Russian Orthodox, okay. but they also have their native beliefs. And in their native beliefs, this is not just a primate. This is some sort of spiritual being. They call it demon of the forest type situation. Could be okay. could be a Pazuzu of the forest. Well, oh, he said the P oh word. Oh my God, John said the P word <laughs> again. I got it in there, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, they get the, the normal stuff, the whoops. The so, howls. did she get nauseous then? Yeah, she got nauseous and demanded to be taken away, and the helicopter took her away. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. The second psychic was a little more brave. Uh, they uh, Ron Moorhead, they send him out there. He's pretty famous. Why do I know that name? Uh, the Sierra Sounds in 1971. He's pretty famous uh, in the Bigfoot world. He recorded the. Uh, Is that the one where they're at the top of the mountain? In California. Or, or in California somewhere that nobody knows where they are. Right. And during the middle of the night, they got so scared that they pulled tree bark over the, the hollowed out tree and they're hiding in it. And these things are making this proto-human language. Right. And so. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. They fly that guy out there to help out. He brings one of those Fox Pro systems, you know, those uh, speakers. Hunters use them to uh, hunt predators. They, they blast out sounds mm. of injured animals and stuff. Right. And uh, he used to set that up on the beach, and they blast out, you know, known Bigfoot recording sounds off into the woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
they get replies, but I can't say that those are replies that couldn't have been put in in post because right. the reactions are like, huh, huh, did you hear that? You know? Yeah. But I, I would say the most irritating part of the show is every time they're in the woods and something uh, interesting starts happening, there's crashing and sticks being broken and something is there, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've ever watched Finding Bigfoot, Bobo and the gang, they run towards it. These guys, one of them says, guys, we got to get out of here. Zoinks. Take off like Shaggy and Scooby. <laughs> Every time. You did this, the, the Shaggy and Scooby sound effect very well. <laughs> that make, that's very irritating to me. Stick around. If it's, re, you know, why are you running away like that? Right. I mean, there's a guy with a rifle right there and a 10 millimeter, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the whole point of going out there is to capture, not necessarily capture Bigfoot, but capture evidence that Bigfoot exists, right? Right. Now, they set out with a state, stated goal of if Nantinak is still there, can is it something we can make peace with so that he'll allow us to come back? Make peace. This name you've just used is what, the native's name That's, for it? It means, ha- yeah, that, that's in their in the Aleutic language. It means half man, half beast. Okay, okay. So this, so they're going to go make peace with it. Man, they, they, they. I'm, so my neighbor who speaks English and I speak English and, and I drive across the easement in front of his yard and I booger it up with my truck. Okay, and I put ruts in his yard. I go over, dude, I'm sorry, and I make peace with him. I'll pay for the, the landscaper to come out, the yard got to come out and fill it in, put new grass and everything, right? How do I go out into the woods and make peace with this bipedal, hairy... Not even sure that this is even existing creature. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's something in those woods. Well, I, I don't I mean, doubt that at uh, all. Right, but I'm just saying it's not like a, a very known, like, people have had contact speaking, right? I mean, or, or there is. I mean, Well, the Native American view of Bigfoot is somewhat different than <clears throat> ours. Right. But I, I they take... Uh, Russian Orthodox icon, religious icons out there with them. They do find a monolith, which that was a very interesting thing. Is a, stu- a standing a stone hinge or something st- about five foot high, clearly man car hand car, you know, okay. carved by man monolith up there on one of the cliffs overlooking the bay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, they put a compass next to it, and the compass is spinning. So there's some sort of magnetic field coming off of that thing. Yeah. That that was really odd and weird, and uh, one of the guys puts a one of his Russian Orthodox icons. I'm not even sure what those are. They're pictures of saints, mm-hmm. and hangs it on the thing. Who the non-Russian Orthodox guy later on finds it on fire. Oh, in the woods. Yeah. Did you see my eye roll? Because yeah, I totally eye rolled on that. Yeah, it caught on fire by itself. Maybe spontaneous combustion. Of some sort. Maybe Nana. What it, how do you say the name again? Nantinak. Not, maybe Nantinak said Nantinak. it on fire. That's Maybe Nantinak had a big. Nantinak. Maybe he did. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun. It's, just, it's, it's really History Channel's fault for the production. 
to make it as dramatic yeah, well, I as mean, ghost adventure as possible. It sounds like it was very hokey. It sells. It's hokey. It's entertaining. It sells subscriptions. If you, you want know? a more, if you want to find out more and see a more serious expedition, go to YouTube and watch In Search of the Port Chase the Merry Man. Right. There's no hokiness in it. You know, it's and bear safety is taken much more seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what's really scary there. Are the bears there? Well, yeah. Well, you got. Uh, so you have. That's something that you know for a hundred percent is there and will eat you. So, do they have polar bears that far south in Alaska? Or no, they, but okay. they have taken DNA from some of the bears on Kodiak, on Kodiak Island, mm-hmm. and uh, they're part polar bear. Oh, really? They're brown bear polar bear hybrid. Wow, that's why they're so big. So, in the. <clears throat> Because, you know, there's an old saying, uh, if it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lay down. If it's white, good night. Oh, yeah. Because if it's a a little black black bears, people, you know, they think black bear and they think, oh, my God, it's a black bear. Eh, Black bears are kind of tiny. That's a 300-pound bear. I mean, he can still mess you up good. Yes, absolutely, but they're not that big. They're not, and they're not aggressive, really, Mm -hmm. unless they're really hungry or you mess with their cubs. Right. They're going to run away. But a... But a brown bear, a grizzly, and that's a different story. You know, those things are, those are huge. They'll, and they'll eat, you. eat you. And a polar bear will hunt you down. Yeah, that's for the days. Thing. Yeah, it will hunt you. <laughs> but that's the scariest thing to me. There, you know, I can't say Nanti Nak is one hundred percent there, but what is there is bears, and they they find plenty of bear sign. Enough that you should have more than one guy with a gun. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that. Yeah, and they also carried better guns on the uh, in the 2018 expedition, <laughs> carrying 12 gauges loaded with slugs. So uh, they did not magnums. find the Bigfoot then. Not really. I mean, there was enough evidence. I mean, the howls, the wood knocks, the footprints. But no, everybody's seen enough stuff to say that it's there. Okay, with a show of hands, who believes that Bigfoot is real? Mike does. Mike's hands up. John's hands up. Alyssa's hand is is up or not? It's restricted, but it's up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I believe that it is. I don't know what it is, and I mean I have my guesses, but I, I don't believe in uh, in all this uh, supernatural being stuff. Right. With Bigfoot. I think it's just a, a, a some sort of relic hominid. I'm I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of Gigantopithecus. That is evolved, of course, cuz right, it's not exactly the same, but it, it, so I have a few questions if we're are you was that it on that one? Cuz if it is, I'm I've got some questions. Oh yeah, me. yeah, go for it. Okay. So So the guy when he so you're going to have to help me out with the story. The the guy chased the the Nantinok off. His dogs. Well, his dogs chased <clears throat> him off, but not before this thing punched him in the punched chest. him in the chest, and the and then the dogs chased him off, and and then they found him, but he later died from injuries. Right. So, so here's my. <laughs> Here's me playing devil's advocate to this one is the guy 
let's say he gets punched in the chest by a bear. A bear slaps him or something. This is true. Some of these things could have been bear. It totally could have been a bear slapped him in the chest. Or let's say the guy fell and the bear pounced on him with all his weight. You know, you're talking grizzlies 800 pounds. You know, well, the 800 pounds on your chest. And so it could have caused, well, it did cause damage enough to kill him eventually. But he could have been anoxic. You know, or coming onto anoxic at some point when he's telling the story, and it gets confused between uh, a grizzly bear pouncing on his chest and because I've seen the bears do that, you know, they're, where they bounce like yeah. that. But but bear in mind, these people know what grizzly bears look like, right? But a person who's They've been an, living with them for centuries. That's, I understand, but a person who's anoxic is not seeing the world through through straight eyes. They're because you start seeing things, you'll hallucinate. So maybe he was hallucinating. And that's just the one. Another question I had was the, they said that the footprint was 18 inches long. Now, isn't that like, I don't know a lot about Bigfoots, but from what I've read that that's even eight, 18 inches is gigantic for even for a Bigfoot, right? No, that's, that's a pretty normal size. Is it really? Adult male Bigfoot. I was thinking they were smaller than that. Females. Oh, okay. And, use adolescents but <clears throat> 16 to 18 inches is generally the what most people say that's what most of the casts that have been taken and they that's assume it. that's adult males full-grown adult males okay and so just to be clear this uh, community town whatever it became a town um it only lasted 28 years because it lasted from 20, uh, the, 21 to 49. <clears throat> so 28 years. Uh, the cannery years. was actually opened around 1900. Okay. So we can add a little bit to that. But 1921 but, is when it had a post office. Okay. Yeah. So if it, so in my mind, if it's got a post office, it's a town now. Correct. Yeah. According but, to the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah, because they, they put You their, can get they, mail. The government puts their stamp of approval on it. This is a town. We can send mail here now. Because I know until then, they can be a community or uh, incorporated, but they're not a town until they have that post zip office. code. Right. right. So it became a town and it lasted, it only lasted 20 years, 28 years. That's a very short time. <laughs> well, you know, but if you go back, as long as the cannery and the community was there, it's closer to, it's well, closer to 50 you're only years. looking at 50 years. Yeah. Because the post... Yeah. Because in 49 was when the last person left except for the postman. Right. And they started in 1900, 1901. So you're looking at 49, 50 years max. Yeah, about 50 place years. Last. Wow. And these are another thing that I think should be pointed out for Portlock is that these, if you're up in Alaska, these are hardy, self-sufficient people who they're not scared by... <laughs> Things that go bump in the night, well, and a bear or something like that, except for this thing. The History this Channel not, people are. The, okay. <laughs> As a rule. Well, well those were Native Alaskans, too. That's I, I, They had it. I believe a lot of it was hammed up for the cameras. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know it was. So there's no one there right now. No one like, lives there now. It's just a ghost town. It's a ghost town. Okay. There's really nothing there. There's a, a couple of build, dilapidated buildings. Uh, there are some pieces of the cannery, you know, steaming tanks and stuff like that laying around, but it's pretty much been reclaimed by nature at this point. 
That was another thing. The the elder of the village told him, don't go in the woods. That's no man's land. That's That belongs to Nantinak. Well, it's been 70 years since someone was there. The woods have come and moved a lot closer to the yeah, beach. Yeah, I was going to say the, <laughs> the woods so the, have probably grown over the They the have city. no choice. They have to go through the woods to go to the town or to see anything. You have to go through the woods. So, yeah. But, I mean, there was some, there's an interesting scene where they find some scat mm-hmm. that they all say is not bare. And, right. and the guy had seen something up on the hillside. But there's also a camera shot from a camera looking down from the cliff at him looking up there so i don't was it the cameraman i don't know so this is another thing that i wanted to point out is that i've heard people uh, in and read about bigfoot where some of the the naysayers for bigfoot is like well you know a bear uh his feet his footprints can look like no sasquatch and i'm like they don't i don't know what kind of bear you've been looking at but those two prints are nothing alike no no, they don't look anything alike no okay so i just i want to put that out in case somebody does come across that and and they're reading or or listening you know well Uh, a sasquatch print looks kind of like a like a human print but with flat feet Mm -hmm. with flat arches and a flex in the middle they also have the dermal ridges right a bear print looks like a bear a bear's right. claw, yeah. Yeah, they're they're <coughs> way different. And they're cool. not that big either. If I saw 18-inch bear tracks, I'm getting the hell out of there. <laughs> That's a big bear. <laughs> so, Nantinok is still there. We've never seen Nantinok. Lots and lots of residents have reported seeing. But the people that the they're, they're getting older channel. now, though. Yeah, but, but. The researchers haven't. History Channel, all of this. As that, that's what well, this these video... guys. I mean, uh, the 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 guys with uh, extreme expeditions. They saw lots of them. The camera guys who were stayed with the group, and you knew who they were. Right, they were right there. There wasn't any this weird acting for the cameras going on. Yeah, uh, a lot of people kept seeing things. There's something right there peeking behind that tree. I just saw right, it, the and then they're all standing there with the FLIR scouts looking, and they did capture something on FLIR. Mm-hmm. But uh. You could see moving through the... Right. That did not look like a bear. But the Alaskan killer Bigfoot was actually not. Nobody got killed. Okay, well, I guess that's a plus, right? (laughs) Despite the guy with the guns leaving at one point for a family emergency. Oh, gosh. And And didn't leave the guns, just took the guns with him? They were left unarmed. They were left unarmed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. It's kind of amazing that bears didn't eat the entire film crew. You know, I'm sure that uh, History Channel cameramen taste delicious to a bear, you know. Well, I'm sure. (laughs) So here's the question. Would you go to Portlock? I I would do what they the uh, first expedition did. I I, I would go there during the daylight. I I would not spend the night there. You go back to the ship? I would go back to the ship. I honestly, okay, so if I were to go to Portlock, I would go during the day with an armed crew with me. Yeah. And I would not spend the night there. No. And that's, and Bigfoot or Harry Port, uh, Portlock man, whatever is. That's what, bear safety is what that is. Bears alone, I would not go there well, and spend the, the night. The, uh, Extreme the 2018 when they they went in September, mm-hmm. 
I'm not a bear expert, but that's when they're starting to really feed and bulk up for the high winter right. hibernation. That that's not a good time to be there at night. Mm-mm. No, you're going to end up like it. grizzly man dragged out of your tent and eaten alive. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a pass for me. Oh, yeah. If, uh, oddly enough, the the Bigfoot doesn't scare me near as much as the bears. Right. So that's another thing. It, it, it makes me think about all the stories that I've heard about Bigfoot. And like I say, I'm not a Bigfoot, Bigfoot expert like you, but everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, Bigfoot is this, and I'm using air quotes, shy, or just you are inconsequential to me because you're, you know, you're not big as a minute compared to me. And I'm not really concerned with you. So I might see you over there and I just turn and walk away. I don't run. I don't have to. I I think they're like people, you know, some people are shy and some people are aggressive and nasty. So is this one like the, the psychotically aggressive? I don't think it's one. Right. It's it's clearly a, what what do you call a group of people? A pod? Yeah. A herd? A clan, a tribe? A family. It could, well, it be, could a be a family group. Yeah, very well, could be a family. That's a very. You know? This one is very. This group is very territorial, and aggressive, and, and a vicious family. And you know, <laughs> considering the environment that they're living in, it might being aggressive and territorial probably uh, would be a necessity for them. Uh, for anything living in the harshness of the the north like that. Well, you're competing with uh, grizzlies. You're competing with the grizzlies, yeah, for sure. But but I've always heard that the Alaskan ones are much more aggressive. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You think you think of your normal, you like your Washington State, Oregon, California ones, right? Not so much. The ones here in the south, smaller, but aggressive and nasty. Really? And the ones that's in... what we call... Is it called swamp apes? I've heard them called... Skunk apes. Skunk apes. Skunk ape, wood booger. Whatever. Wood booger. Yeah. But... but I, th- I thought that's what you get when you flick your nose at a tree or something. <laughs> but the Alaska ones must be bigger. Even bigger than your, like, Washington State ones. Closer to 10, 12 feet instead of... Okay, so if they're competing feet. with bears, and bears are carnivores, then... One would think that they're they, omnivores. I would think that the Bigfoots are and, and bears are omnivores as well. Well, yeah, that's true. They're both, they're both omnivores. Yeah. Um, no self-respecting grizzly is going to pass up an elderberry patch. He's going to eat. <laughs> right. Oh, so Portlock. Portlock. I wouldn't spend the night, but I would definitely go during the day, well armed. Um. Uh, and then get me out of there before the sun goes down. <laughs> right. All right. Alyssa, what do you got for us tonight? I have a very short story. Hmm. Okay. About a seance. A seance? But that's all it says, is okay. that there was a seance. Oh. Yep. It says, this is apparently this person when they were kids. In a tent at night, we conjured up somebody's dead uncle. I think... They said, and then they said some weird shit happened. We asked him to give us a sign that he was there and the flashlight, one of those big old green ones with the big, huge six volt battery went out instantly. 
It was sitting in the middle of us, pointed up with nobody near it. It went pitch dark and we hauled ass to the house. I don't think the light ever came back on. That was the story. Wow. Okay. Battery died. So, okay. Uh, I don't know. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And <clears throat> that particular story right there, I know the guy that wrote that and sent that in personally. I know this guy very well. And one of the boys that were in the tent that night and conducting this seance, I have a story in there from him as well. And I'm trying to talk him into doing an interview with us and actually coming here. And we've actually talked about it, him coming here and setting in on the podcast and I told him that I would blur out his face and change his oh, voice. Okay. And all yeah, that. yeah, I told you about this. Um, very serious. This guy has been plagued by that thing that sounds like nothing there. But when you hear the rest of the story, Paul Harvey, I guess, you know. You know, when whenever you, the story starts with there was a seance. Yeah, there was a Ouija board. There was know. a Ouija yeah. board. <laughs> Right. Well, like I said, we it was, a, it we was, offered up a, a it was young very virgin. short and I'm sure that something else happened, but for just that story, I mean, I've had a flashlight story and I think that a lot of people like, it's like a tester. You set a flashlight out there and tell it to turn it on or turn it off and then it turns on or off. Actually, yeah. you, so. you take the little mag lights with the twisty tops and mm-hmm. you put it right before it would come on and you ask them if you're here you know can you make that light come on and i've seen some stuff some people have pretty good results with that too some pretty amazing intelligent responses there, there are and i've done that i know i've watched it you've seen it happen yes i have and it's absolutely terrifying for a flashlight to come on <laughs> with kind of no fun. one around it and it wasn't like the well, twisty tight okay, so, you had to push the button so i can play devil's advocate and i can say well you know it could be that you're out there at night, it's cooler, the humidity's high, and there's just enough humidity for the electricity to jump across that contact for the battery, and you know just enough moisture in there to, to make that happen. Wait, was it on and went off, or off and went on? In the story, or my personal in experience? Story. In the story, it was sitting in the middle of us, pointed up, nobody went near it, it went pitch black. It turned out. It went yeah, out instantly. Literally, the battery could have died. Yeah, the battery died. And I will say, but then say, it said the light never came back on. Yeah, the and like I say, that doesn't seem scary in and of itself. But I, I there's more to that story later. Yeah, there's I know the rest of that story, and the rest of that story spans. Um, the rest of that story would span probably thirty plus years. Oh wow! And that's one person and uh, being basically tormented by that thing that that turned the light off. I will say for my flashlight experience, we set it on a rock and told it, if you're here, turn the flashlight on. And we had turned it off and it was a kind, it had the button on the back. Mm-hmm. It's like a typical mag light with a little button and you unscrew it. And, and that sucker flashed on off, on off, on off. I believe I screamed and then I was told <laughs> to be quiet because then it stopped. And then I walked up to it and I tried it and it was off, and I flipped it back on, and I flipped it back off, and then we a step back, and there it goes again. On, off, on, off. And, and I'm like, I'm out. I don't so, like this. This is awful. This is so scary. See, that doesn't seem like a scary interaction to me. I mean, I mean it's it, it just because for me, that was my first right. 
my first interaction of truly ever seeing something. That was the first time she'd ever been to some place that was truly haunted and with lots of spirits at it. And that's an adrenaline rush. That it, the flashlight thing for me, absolutely one hundred percent. Sure. The um, but being there and in that environment, the first time she'd ever been to anything like that, so she's like, <gasps> you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Do it again, you know. So and it was. And in that particular instance, it was being responsive to questions, you know. And we're, I mean, they will just sit there and flicker, you know. Yeah. But this oh, one I guess, was like. Yeah, you were asking it questions, yes and no. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Apparently, I shut part of that off because yeah, it I've, scared me. I've got an, an EVP that I'll share at some <clears> point um, throughout the show when we do, you know, like evidence called or, you know, on some of the YouTube videos that we, that we do. By the way, check out our YouTube channel. Um, at paranormal dash spirits, and but the uh, some I've got an EVPs and I've got actual knockings where you can hear you know like, from that location. Yeah, it's so. like one point I'm like, uh, can you make a sound? You well, know, knocks. Yeah. Was it a Bigfoot? No, it wasn't a Bigfoot. It not was... at Camp Ford here in Tyler. No, oh, no, 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 not no. next to the Waterburger. No, yeah, no, <laughs> not the no, knock that was in the psych hospital. <clears throat> right, and, I'm just saying where the flashlight was. Yeah. But and the, you have a piece from there too that we talked yeah. about. And it was like, you know, I said, Can you make a noise? And you hear this little tap. And I said, Well, can you make it louder? He's like, Bam. It hit really hard. And I was like, Oh, well, that's louder. You know, but during all of that I called an E V P as well. And it was it sounded like a kid's voice, which was really strange because I'd never caught uh, what sounded like a a kid's voice before, you know. And well, I thought that was kind of strange. Interesting you bring up E V P's. I forgot to mention this. Mm-hmm. So we got EVPs at Portlock. At Portlock. They got an EVP, yeah. Of a, of the Portlock carry man. It's a raspy, growling kind of like thing mm-hmm. that they did not, they weren't trying to capture EVPs. They were going back and listening to audio. And they, they, they didn't hear one. it at the time. Uh it's a pretty creepy sound. Of course, this could have all been done in post, but mm-hmm. they were listening to it there on the beach, so I don't think so. Right. Um, it's a pretty creepy sound that they didn't hear, but it's wow, loud. So they, but the audio recording is loud. So they got a bonus out of it. They got, <laughs> they got a, a bonus out of it, yeah. <laughs> they got an EVP. Yeah, all I mean, right. do you think about it? There's 30-some-odd people over the course of that, when when the cannery was open, mm-hmm. that disappeared, shredded to bits. Oh, thirty something people. Yeah, the, the the story is there's about thirty people that either went missing, just went off in the woods to hunt, and never came back. So that's a, or the bodies that were found, or the people whose names are actually mentioned in reports of dying. So we're looking at over either a fifty year span or. I think this read like this through in the thirties and forties, probably a twenty year span is what there was you had about thirty people. Wow. That's, that's so, quite a bit. So I there's mean, bound to be some paranormal activity left over just from being torn to bits by a Bigfoot. So what was the population of Portlock? I'm not time? sure. Uh, I, I can't imagine it would have been much. I heard that the school had a hundred school children there at one point. Well that's so that's a pretty good sized population. This so, is a major cannery operation. So you're thinking if it's it has a population if in if the ratio is the same as down here. If you got, if you got a thousand people, you're going to have sixty something, you know, kids in the graduating class or something like that. There know. were 31 residents as of 1940 in the U.S. Census. That's the last census. Yeah. 
And that's what it still shows today if you go look it up on Wikipedia. Okay. It shows current population of 31, but there's, there's nobody that lives there. This says total population is 30,621. Where? Oh, wait, that's Port Lock, Hawaii. <laughs> okay. I was about to say, no, there, <laughs> I don't even think Anchorage has that many people living in. I was going to say, there, there's a little bit difference there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It says 31, and the, it has never been reported any differently. Yeah, no census wow. takers been back out there. to. It was, it was dissolved as a CDP by the 1990 census and has not been reported again, or a census-designated place. That's a CDP. Hmm. So, a.k.a. ghost town, ain't nobody there. Right. Nobody's there. So, we've done Port Lock. We've done our one little quick uh, story story from somebody sending one in. And like I say, I promised to do the rest of that story. And, I, and I've got that story that I can relay, but I want to do it as an interview style because it's so interesting. And, and like I say, it spans a, a time of 30, 30 plus years. And it's, it's actually terrifying. Why do people do it? Don't do seances. Don't do Ouija boards. Don't play with Ouija boards. Yeah, I don't know. I do have to say, on your Alaska thing, um, according to this, um, how many people are there, Alaska, which happens to be the third least populated state, has 1,218 missing persons cases currently open. Yeah. By far and away, the rate of missing people, 41 in 100,000 residents, is nearly three times as high as in any other state. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... Eaten by the Bigfoots. Or bears, or they got or bears, went off or in they, the woods and they froze to death. They froze but, to death. They found <clears> fell down <throat> some crevasse somewhere. Broke a leg. and Eaten by a polar bear. Are there polar bears there? No? It, yeah, yeah, in northern Alaska. Northern yeah, Alaska, for sure. Yeah, yeah this is Alaska as a whole, so. Yeah, so it... Uh, I mean, know, I'm not saying it's they're all missing because of Bigfoot. I'm just saying. And you have the third, three do. times as high was, as any other state. And I mean, what was that movie yeah. uh, with... Uh, what was the movie about the the fourth kind or something like that about the dude? Uh, they were up there, and it was a psychiatrist, psychologist who was working with these people who were having these visitations from aliens and like I a ah, oh, it's a great movie um, in Alaska. Yeah, the oh, there's a whole UFO uh, thing with Alaska yeah, there's, too. There's a movie. There's a, there's a movie though, and it was the um, uh, the chick from oh my god, what was it? Um, God, I can't think of the name. The one with the Umbrella Corporation. Uh, oh, with uh, Mila Jovovich. Yeah, Jovovich or whatever. So, and you never saw that one? Oh, man, it's great. She plays a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a therapist or something like that. And she's talking to these people and she's doing regression and trying to figure out why they're having these night terror type things and these horrible nightmares and stuff like that. And they figure out that the it actually was terrifying. I went to go see it at the theater. And it was like, man, and they play it. And they, what they did, it would, the one effect I thought was really cool was they played the movie right here, right? And they split the screen. So you have the movie here, and then you have this black and white grainy footage over here. And they're playing them side by side, and they're moving them in and out, you know, and things like that. Well, come to find out it was all fake, and the grainy footage was just made up too. But it made it seem like huh. it was the real deal. I haven't seen that. I, Somebody I can, can think of the name. What are you talking about? The fourth kind. The fourth kind, yeah. Two thousand and nine. Yeah, great, great movie. If you if you're into abduction stuff. Yeah, Alaska's a scary place. They, there's a, there's actually an Alaska Triangle. This mm-hmm. is Alaska Triangle. Just sixteen thousand like, people yeah. have gone missing in the Alaskan Triangle since nineteen eighty eight, including airline passengers, hikers, locals, and tourists. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't doubt it. Bet a lot of tourists. I don't doubt it at all. <laughs> and and, and uh, people have been attacked by bears more because a lot of hippie types that don't understand the culture and the necessity of hiking with firearms have been moving up there. And they think that banging a bell and saying, hey, bear, hey, bear, is going to save you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been increased reports of people being attacked by grizzlies who were unable to defend themselves. Uh, but there's a lot of weird paranormal stuff that goes on up there. I think we should do an episode, ju- an episode just on Alaska. It's in a fascinating place. A yeah. beautiful yet terrifying place. When you look at that. And we can... We can look at everything then. We can look at the, the ghost stories from Alaska, from the, the old mining towns. Otterman, and, uh, which is another Bigfoot-type creature from a different native tribe. I've heard of. They call Otterman, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's We can give sure you some fun stats, like how 20,000 residents have left over the last five years. There are more people leaving Alaska than they're coming. Well, would yeah. you want to live there? It's no. cold. I, mean, I, I hear it's beautiful, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is beautiful. You see Boot those landscapes? The, the, oh, they're amazing. It, it's also terrifying to think how vast. Yeah. That And it's unexplored. I mean, yeah. there's but I don't want to go when it's just Millions of acres dark. of unexplored. I want to go when there's actual daylight. Yeah. Because that's when the really cool pictures are. You know, because I mean, it's like, what, six months of no light? No Ish, sunlight? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. That's why half these people are missing. They're off of themselves. I tell you what, every summer here, I want <laughs> well, to move to Alaska. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, but that's a real thing, though, the the depression. That's oh, it is, for sure. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of that. I mean, I'm, I'm no sun. They need some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Plus, you got all the vampires you. up there in the north. You saw 30 days of night. <laughs> I know, right? Movie <laughs> like, how many movies are I mean, right. truly. Okay, here we are. And we've gone down that rabbit hole. Okay. So we've talked about Portlock. We've talked about actual stories from uh, seances and yes, and the way that works into another story that we're gonna that we're gonna do. Uh, I think we should do Alaska though. I think we should. I think we should do a whole episode on just Alaska and, and everything about Alaska. The the Bigfoot, the Otter Man, the the UFOs, all that good stuff. Yeah. Sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, cool. And what do we have to drink tonight? What was that? Centenario Plata. I had to go back and look. No. Centenario Plata. I still like it. I You like it and John likes it, so... They have a Reposado, and I, you can buy the gigantic bottle of the Reposado. Is it the same type bottle? I'm sure I could. Same uh, bottle? Just darker liquid? Same bottle, just darker liquid, yeah. Right. Okay. So, now the time when I tell our, our, our call to action, so... Make sure you visit our website at paranormal-spirits.com. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. We got all kinds of spooky good stuff on our YouTube channel, uh, paranormal-spirits. Uh, we've got an Instagram channel out there. We've got a Twitter. Uh, what else do we have? We have a Twitter. We have Twitter. You know we have Twitter. <laughs> I think you have a TikTok, too. We, we have a TikTok, Until the too. government shuts it down. Until, yeah, until yeah. they figure out that that we can't have that but right now we have one so check us out we also have a facebook group uh if you haven't checked it out yet go to um it's booze with benefits b o s with benefits and go check us out there join up it's free to join there's no uh no requirements uh only that you love the the spooky stuff and about the paranormal and or and or that you appreciate booze b o z e And that's it for this show. Thank you.
Thank you. Good night. Good night.